Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Here we go again with another week and the first real home match in 90 years. Defeat to title challengers. Eight goals and a bombshell. A great performance but no points. And something about karma. It's that time of week. With all the news, the gossip from Sports Village, Stephen Park, Lowfields, Callum Road and the Magnus. Yet we've got the lot tonight. We've beaten the weather. And we're going to find out what went right, what went wrong and uh, what could have gone an awful lot better in another weekend of local sport. And these are the headlines they're all going to be talking about. Newark Town put eight past Dromfield at the Sports Village, but Dinnington win again. And with the rumours that Rennishaw have dropped out of the league, it looks like it's advantage to the South Yorkshire team. Tony joins up next. Defeating Wolverhampton possibly ends the works title challenge. Eight points behind the leaders, while second place Calsa have a single point advantage, with three games in hand over our locals. At least that's how I worked out on Saturday night until another game got abandoned. Craig Roach, 20 past seven. New York Rugby Club played their first senior home match, if you like to call it that, in 90 years at the Magnus. And they overcome Loughborough by 33 points to seven. And with the floodwaters receding, they may even get back to Kellam Road next week. Rob Wideman's here at 7.30. The Hockey Club ladies put in a superb performance at Loughborough, but came back with nothing. Losing by the odd goal in five. Better news though. For the men, they beat local rivals Mansfield to maintain second place. Paul Halfpenny at 7.45. And New York Town ladies actually played the first in a few weeks and they beat arch rivals. Listen to this. 11 goals to nothing. A smiling Eden Tranter about quarter past seven Bingham Town took advantage of their rivals not playing to open up a three point gap at the top of the not senior league and finally a rare defeat for Southwell Rugby Club going down 15-13 at Buxton the Minster men slip back to second but they've still got that big massive game against league leaders Ashby to come right at the end of the season Can you believe it, Mr. Smith? A full, a full weekend. Well, the, the waters have thankfully subsided, and um, <clears throat> it's, it's it's about time to because the weather has been ridiculous. I'm not sure though if they subsided enough in time to get not seeing a cut match on at Lowfields tomorrow night. It's going to it's going to take a a good drying day. Get the washing out day, isn't it? I was up at Lowfields yesterday lunchtime, and there was still standing water on the on the pitch. So um, you know, fingers crossed. But the weather forecast for tomorrow is horrendous. Supposed to be snowing at three. Makes a change from rain. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to see, and we'll let you know about that one tomorrow night. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that the one on the plastic on Wednesday will go on. That, that's the other thing we've got to quickly say. If the flow serve match doesn't get played tomorrow night. As far as I think, it reverts to a Eastwood own match on their plastic pitch next week. Yeah, Eastwood have got um, <coughs> the uh, plastic fantastic, and um, the the rule is uh, if it's called off tomorrow night, uh, then the fixture is transferred to uh, Eastwood uh, for a week tomorrow night. The problem with that is in the County Cup, you keep every penny of your home receipts. And it would mean Flo serve losing that at a time when they won't have played for two and a half weeks. So that's why me thinks everybody's going to be working very hard to get that game ahead yeah. tomorrow, but we'll <clears> have to see what uh, the weather comes. Just one um, worldwide story, if you like, and that's obviously the boxing match. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was uh, a fantastic performance. I very fortunately woke up at quarter to seven on Sunday morning, and so I immediately searched through YouTube... And before they got it all taken off, and, and watched the fight without knowing the result, and um, it looked like Tyson Fury versus me in there. 
I mean, Deont- same size. Deontay Wilder uh, has been the WBC heavyweight champion for the last five years, and he was made to look, in the words of one uh, observer, like a baby giraffe. Tyson Fury was incredible, and. Uh, Deontay Wilder won't want to fight him again because, you know, the same thing's going to happen again. He'll get battered. So he's going to have to do a fantastic fight of the century against uh, Anthony Joshua. Who? Uh, what, a Fury. Fury will, Fury, Fury, Fury will fight Fury Joshua. He's going to have to take on Joshua. If it's not at Wembley, it's a crime against sport. And it won't be. If it's taken to Saudi Arabia, it it's ridiculous. And and, and, and and boxing should be locked up if it's allowed to go out of this country. Sport doesn't come into it. No, it's all about money. Yeah. They really need it, those lads, don't yeah. they? Ridiculous. Keep it in England, otherwise it, the, the, the sport is a farce. Yeah. It's not going to be. It, it really, I mean, Eddie has <laughs> already said that um, Saudi Arabia looks to be the place. It, it, it's, it's scandalous. And, but it if, is scandalous. But if Fury fights like he did on Sunday morning... Then it won't be. It won't. It won't be long before it's all over. Nobody's going to stop him. AJ's not going to stop him. Nobody is. Was you surprised? Because I mean, you you like your boxing. You understand boxing. It's not my sport. Everybody knows that. But I was I was very surprised because, like everybody else in the boxing world, I'd been suckered by um, Wilder's record. But all he's clearly got is one big punch that knocks your lights out. He can't box to save his life, and Fury showed that. You know, it was absolutely the best boxing performance I have ever seen in 50 years in sport. Absolutely incredible. Good stuff. Good stuff all round. Well, okay, let's, um, we've got a busy night tonight, so let's, uh, let's get on with it. Tony, if you'll like to go and, um, and talk to another Tony while we press this. It's the first time for a few weeks that we've got five phone calls to make. We have a Tony, we have an Eden, we have a Craig, we have a Rob, and we have a Paul as we go round the grounds and talk to the people that made the headlines, the managers, the coaches, the press officers, all the people that really matter, and uh, you get a lesson from me and Tony as well by doing it. First up, as always, it's Tony Joins, who we're trying to get hold of at Newark Town, although Tony's out there, doesn't look like he's having oh, I think here, we, I think we've made contact. So here we go with our first phone call of the evening, straight through... Newark Town's joint manager, Mr Tony joins in a big, a massive, massive week for the club. Tony, good evening. Good evening, Mick. You all right? Um, let's take it back, first of all, before we look forward to uh, an eight-goal romp against Romfield. Yeah, definitely. Um, we certainly put them to the sword uh, on Saturday. Um, it's probably one of the most dominant displays of attacking football that we've uh, probably seen this season. Um and obviously we're having one eye on the sort of Wednesday night's game. Obviously every lab wanted to impress to make sure they try to get a shirt for Wednesday night. Eight goals, who um, who found the net? Um, that was the first one, it was an old man, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Lewis, uh, or Reese Lewis got the first. Um, I think uh, Lewis Chambers got uh, four goals. Uh, George Asplund scored two absolute worldies. Um, and Craig Bridge got the eight. So spread across the board. Can you then? Just, I got the news on Saturday night that it looked like Renishaw Rovers had dropped out. Is this the rumour mill or is there something in it? Uh, there was a bit of talk uh, on Saturday about it. I don't know if it's been 100% confirmed yet. I do know that. Uh, most of their side and the manager and I think even the club chairman all went over to Shirebrook. Um, it's not good to see. It's not nice to see for the uh, Central Midlands. You know, they do work hard to try and provide a decent league to play in. Um, but unfortunately, it uh, happens far too often um, at this level of football. That would mean, then, that Newark Town would lose six points. Dinnington have not played him at all yet, so in effect, they lose two of their matches but that that to be honest would suit Dinnington down to the ground wouldn't it yeah it certainly swings it in their favour without a shadow of a doubt because uh, I think they're sat fifth in the league at the minute at the current standing um, you know we've had to go to their place we won 3-0 on a very good tie there and then we obviously beat them in a the corresponding fixture at our place so you know we worked hard to get them six points uh, it was obviously two of the games that we knew Dillington would have to uh, go and 
uh, work hard to get the points as well because uh, they're not a bad little, well there wasn't a bad little side until uh, most of the players decided to leave the football club so yeah it's definitely uh, a disadvantage to us that if that does appear to be happening yeah yes because the one thing that we were sort of all banking on is the amount of games that Dinnington had got to play so it plays straight into their hands well exactly yeah it's two less games if, if the, the unfortunate uh, thing does happen where they drop out of the league and Obviously, it's six points took off us, and uh, I think it's plus plus eight goals. I think it was. I can't remember the exact. But yeah, it, it's certainly swinging Dinnington's favour if if that's a scenario that does happen. Yeah, it's not good. Out. Anyway, but let's concentrate on Wednesday. Um, I won't say it's the biggest match in Newark Town's history because I'll have Francis Town Road chasing me about that one. <laughs> um, but but I will say it's Newark Town's biggest match in their recent history. Oh, it's, it's a massive game for the football club and I think it's testament to where we are as a club at the minute. Um, I think it'll be a great night for the whole club. Um, there certainly seems to be a lot of... Uh, uh, or it seems to be generating a lot of good publicity and uh, all the social media sites, you know, everyone's uh, posting on there and sharing the sites. and uh, Yeah, you, uh, hopefully... Um, if we get some decent weather we'll get a sizeable crowd down there which will be great for the football club um, and hopefully they'll be able to see uh, a little bit of what we're trying to do as a football club at this stage of the season I take it you have a full squad <laughs> yes we have pretty much a full squad we've got one or two little niggling injuries uh, which obviously myself and Luke will that's one, that's one worry because your, your joint manager and mainstay of the defence came off on Saturday yeah he came off he just got a slight little knock um, and obviously with the score being as it was it was uh, you know it would have been a little bit daft to have kept him off the pitch so um, he gave us a nod after I think it was the fourth goal went in um, just to get somebody warmed up so um, but it was only on an air of precaution um, so no no worries no, no, and we've also got uh, oh, Twinkle Toes himself, Aaron Martin, uh, <laughs> back from his uh, Falklands uh, service, so uh, that's a good news for the club for the back end of the season. That's going to be a big call for Wednesday night with Aaron, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah, you know, I mean, Aaron's been absolutely superb for us up until he got called on duty, and uh, there's no doubt Aaron will play a big part uh, in the kind of running for the season without shadow of a doubt you know he's a fantastic player uh, the lads will in danger room and uh, it's a pleasure to have him back within the club so there's no truth in the rumour that you convinced Robert Jenrick to um, just um, sway a few things and get him back early <laughs> no he, I mean in all fairness he, he was available for uh, Saturday's game but I think coming back on the Friday night or early Saturday morning and going out <laughs> straight and playing football I don't think would have gone around down well with his girlfriend so um, <laughs> I think he did the right thing in all fairness and uh, yeah it, it will be good getting Aaron back involved definitely um, we look forward to Wednesday it's a 7.45 kickoff. <clears throat> it's a 7.45 kickoff. It's yeah, only uh, three pound to get in come on you can go and watch Newark Town against Notts County for <laughs> three quid come on yeah, three pound to get in. Two pound concessions under sixteen spree. Uh, there'll be mobile catering uh, on site as well for all hot drinks, burgers. So uh, you know we're looking for the people in there to come down and have a look at what we're doing and uh, what hopefully will be a great night for the football club. Now, just to put a little dampener on on the week for you, um, Mr. Smith wants to talk about West Ham. How oh, does he indeed? Well, don't, don't worry, it's not about tonight's match at Anfield. <laughs> um, today is the 27th anniversary of the death of Bobby Moore. Yes. Do you agree with me that the West Ham shirt of those uh, of those days when Bobby Moore played, that's the best away shirt in football ever? Do it's I bound agree to agree with, with you. All the West Ham's football shirts are the best shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... but, but blue. But, but, but... The, that's Burnley. But, but that away shirt, I mean, world class. Well sort of world-class shirt for a world-class player in his day with that. I was going to say, and how good, in your opinion, you've seen football for a number of years, was Bobby Moore? Well, I mean, obviously, I I, I probably wouldn't have seen him in his heyday, but um, without a shadow of a doubt, when you look at the footage, um, and, you know, obviously in the World Cup era, um, he was obviously an absolute uh, uh, diamond of a footballer, um, you know, and it's uh, part of West Ham's 
obviously traditionally, you know, the, the likes of sort of Bobby Moore and Peters and Hurst, you know, the, you know, they had a cracking side in them days. Um, you know, and I mean, to be fair, it's probably good to say that West Ham won the World Cup when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to swap Newark Town men and wish you the best of luck for Wednesday night. For New York Town ladies, because Eden Trant is coming up next, and they won eleven nil. They didn't just get eight; they got eleven. Fantastic game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I had a bit of social media with Julie, the uh, sort of manager, and yeah, it was a fantastic result for the girls. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see what Eden's got to say in a couple of minutes. Tony, we'll see you on Wednesday night. Great stuff. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Okay, Tony two or Tony one or whatever. Shall we go and try and find um, Miss Tranter? Yes, it's all sorted out here. Don't panic. He's got no faith in me with these with these switches and dials whatsoever. Uh, tomorrow night, um, we're talking athletics. Um, we've got Gareth Bagley in the studio with me instead of Tony, who's having yet another one of his many nights off. Um, we've got Peter Davis, and we've got Philippa Clark coming in. Um, because very soon, it's going to be half marathon time. Assuming we have a spring and a summer, but that's what we're gaming up to. So we're going to talk half marathon tomorrow night. We're going to talk about the National Cross Countries, which took place at Wollerton Park on Saturday. And I wouldn't want to be the groundsman at Wollerton Park to clear that mess up. I really wouldn't. And um, we're going to talk about what was actually a very special day for for Gareth. But we're going to talk about uh, another very special day, because it was a very special day. And she's got a smile as wide as, well, as wide as whatever you want to be. Eden Tranter, because she used to play for Bingham Town, and she went to Newark Town. And um, they played the other week, and Bingham won 2-1, and it turned out the goalkeeper shouldn't have played, so Bingham got kicked out of the cup, so she had the last laugh there. But she had the biggest laugh on Sunday morning. Good evening. Hello, you all right? I'm all right. 11-0. Where did that come from? Honestly... No-one was more shocked than we were at the quality of football that we played yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, fair enough. Um, you've set yourself new standards, though, surely, now. Well, honestly, Mick, it would have been... It, I think it's the best game of football that we've played all year and we'd have beat most teams, if not all teams in our league, the way we played yesterday. We were relentless from the very, very beginning. Within within 30 minutes, we were 5 nil up and... You know how it goes sometimes if you get to that stage you can get a little bit complacent and uh, and sort of die off a bit but the girls were relentless right until the 90th minute it was unbelievable so was dr spice and posh spice amongst the goals yeah so jess um jess doc, dr jess she got five um and then we had a, a girl that um, made a debut for us yesterday who's also called jess and she got she bagged herself a hat-trick on debut um and then Rachel got two for us, and Chloe Hobson, who also used to play for Bingham with me, she <laughs> scored the opener as well, so. Um, I've got to ask, was you calm and relaxed all the way through it? Absolutely. I stood on the halfway line having a little chuckle to myself. Um, but yeah, the girls did it all for us, really. They, each and every player worked so, so hard, and we answered, we answered all the drama in the right way, and that was by playing football properly. Brilliant. What you got coming up next? Uh, so we're away at Keyworth on Sunday, um, hoping to obviously keep up the good form in preparation for that cup semi-final, which is on the fifteenth of March. Yeah, that's coming. That's coming around, isn't it? It is, and I'm not available, unfortunately. You're not available, Eden. I, uh, I don't land back in the country until twenty past two, and it's a two o'clock kickoff. So. How can you go away in football season, mind you? I can you go away in cricket? No, okay, fair comment. Yeah, exactly. Fair <laughs> comment. Can't go away ever. <laughs> you can't win, really, can you? No, I can't. But the girls will be fine without me. They'll the way they all played yesterday. They were all extraordinary. So It'll certainly be, be quieter. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Eden, that's a fantastic, an absolutely fantastic performance, and it uh, really, really does bode well for the rest of the season. Sets you all up for that important. Cup semi-final um, coming up. So, Keyworth away on Sunday, which means we'll be talking to you again on Monday. All right, I'll see you next Monday. Thanks, Eden. Cheers, bye. Bye. W- what a fantastic performance. I don't care what it is. If you stick 11 goals past your local rivals, I mean, she was going on about karma on Sunday afternoon, um, especially, you know, the team that you used to play for and you left and 
one or two things were said and all things like that and you're going to stuff with me 11-0 you've got to be walking around with a smile on your face haven't you yeah yeah but it, it sounds as if they can do okay without her because she just said she watched it off me halfway <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so it can't be that bad can it right still to come Craig Roach Rob Wardman Paul Halfpenny and a story from Tony Okay, back to the uh, phones, because that's what we do on a Monday night. We let the people at the games tell you about the games, and it's joint manager of New York Flow Save now, Craig Roach. Um, um, they went to Wolverhampton to a, a game against Sporting Council, which was second against third in the table. Flow Save had already beaten Sporting Council quite convincingly at Lowfields, but it was a different sort of game on Calcer's plastic pitch at the weekend, and uh, Flow Serve come away second best. Craig, thoughts on Saturday afternoon? Um, I would say it was too much of a different game to be honest, I thought it was very, very similar to the uh, to the home game um, only difference being is that we were clinical um, in front of goal that day at home we took our chances, you know, equally we won that day 4-1, they could have beat us 4-1 and it was much the same on Saturday, you know, they were both limited each other to very few chances in the first half there's not a lot given either way. I think we probably just shaded it in the first half. Um, but a couple of sloppy um, moments of play in, uh, at the back um, cost us on, on Saturday, you know, um, and, and that was the difference, really. Um, I won't say the pitch was uh, made any difference, the fact that they play on 4G or anything like that. Um, you know, it was always a big ask to go there and get something. They've lost one game at home all season which was to Romulus. Um, so, yeah, to come away with, with anything there would have been a bonus. Um, but, you know, when you when you go to places like Kelsa, you know, you've got to take your chances and you've got to be ruthless at the back. And um, we want nothing in, in, the, in both boxes, basically, on Saturday. It, it, it is that, a, I'd say there's nothing between us. It, it, it is a fact, isn't it, that the the higher up this pyramid that you go... Um, you have to take the chances that come and you have to make sure they are not given any at the other end because at both ends they're generally few and far between. You do, yeah, and that's probably been one of the biggest learning curves for all of us this, this season. Um, you know, the days when it's on, a, on our day, we, we can beat anyone in that league, no doubt about it. Um, but, you know, the table doesn't lie we are where we are um, because we've not been consistent like that. You know, we've got to be like that week in, week out if you, if you want to be up there with likes of Coventry and Kelsa. Um so yeah yeah, small margins but like you say the higher up you go the smaller the margins become um, so, yeah we're not a million miles away yeah, we've just got to keep keep plugging I, I mean up. this has got to be the next the, the next question and I'm not really sure I've been trying to debate all day how to put it to you but um, at one stage at five o'clock last night on Saturday night when Coventry had got the three points from the game at Heaver I would probably suggest to you that winning the league might be a step too far but now that game looks like it's got to be played again or possibly got to be played again you you are still in with a shout it's a bit of a muddle and a mess I think um, you know in all honesty deep down um, even before we kicked off on Saturday it was a big ask you know and we've said that all along um, mathematically yes it's a possibility you know but the form we've been in recently um, over the last sort of 10 games um, wouldn't suggest that we're going to end up uh, in the top two um, it was always going to be a big ask obviously we'll, we'll try and pick up as many points as we can um, same as we did on, on Saturday but you know, we just fell short um, it was the same when we went to Coventry I think um, you know, the stats don't lie I think we've won we've beat one team in the top six all season um, so that, and that's what it comes down to basically and you know we've had a good run of fixtures We've got a tough run of fixtures now, starting with Kelso on Saturday and Romulus, Warsaw, Wood. Um, so it's going to tell the tale of where, where we're truly going to sit, you know. Um, we've got to we've got to bounce back. Obviously, we've got a potential cup game tomorrow night, weather permitting. But we've got to bounce back quickly, and it's another massive test on Saturday away at Romulus. So it's much the same as what we had away at Kelso last week. So these are the games where we've got to sort of start stepping up and seeing where we're at. And are you already looking at got one eye on next season and and and, and personal? I'm, I'm saying that because um, obviously, if the points come, it's absolutely fantastic. But if you're just almost alluded to, it may be one step too 
too far to, to, to win the thing. So are you already looking at, he's on my sheet for next season, he's maybe not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've kind of been there for, for a week or two, sort of in the back of my mind, but certainly after after Saturday, um, you've got to look at it and think, you know, Macau's got a couple, two or three games in hand, um, and Coventry, the points there, clear now. You know, you, they've been them two have been in such good form. You know, they've really got the really wheels have really got to fall off for them, uh, and we've got to go win pretty much every game uh, to make it happen. So it's unlikely. So you know, it, we've got to keep looking at the big picture, uh, where we're coming in such a short space of time. You know, the uh, the intention at the start of the season was to was to solidify our place at step five. Um, and build from there and see see what we could do. Obviously, with a great start, we started being ambitious, and it's still it's still a great season uh, where we are now and where you know we're going to end up somewhere in the top six. So higher the better. You know, you never know what's going to happen to other teams. It's a funny time of year. You know, pitches are poor. There's a lot of games been called off. People are going to have to cram games in back end of the season. So you do never know. You just got to keep going and finish as strongly and positively as possible. Like you say, at the same time, you've got to have a half an eye on, on, on the rebuild and um, where you need to go to, to be stronger next season. And do you look at these maps that seem to be originating from the FA, which, yeah. if if true, put FlowServe in a completely different league next season and a completely different set of clubs to play, mm. and on paper, you're going to start the season out-and-out out favourites? Yeah, like you say, there's, there's always doing these different... Um, projections banded about um, obviously it's all, until it's all confirmed it's all pie in the sky but um, I think for sure I think we got we got handed the worst card we could have been dealt this season going in the Midland League not just for travelling alone but I do believe that it's the it's the toughest league of all of them um, so I think it's looking like we're probably going to go in, in the UCL if we if we remain at step five um, like I say I think um for a first for a first season in step five, being in the middle of the league and competing um, in the top six like we have done all season, and that that stands in great stead. Um, it's a great learning curve to, to where we need to be next season, that, and that'll really help us push on. That is probably the good thing about going in the middle of the league because it has set you a standard which is very high and very competitive. You know what you've got to do. Uh, let's talk very quickly about tomorrow night because it's in the lap of the gods. Obviously, yeah. um, Lowfields is very wet like all, all grass pitches um, if it manages to stay dry tomorrow and I know what Tony's forecast he's seen but it does say it's a 40% chance so it may not fall out yeah. the sky tomorrow if it's a dry windy drying day tomorrow I would suggest you probably stand a chance up there yeah like I say it's fingers crossed it's in the hands of the gods um, like I say we've had a lot of rain recently and again this morning um, so it's been dry this afternoon I think um Reading really Kev popped up this afternoon, and if it was on tonight, I think it'd be playable. So we, I think, we pray that, uh, as you say, nothing falls out of the sky tomorrow. Um, every 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 app you go on, the forecast different. Kevin really seemed to think it's due to rain at tea time, and if we can get that far, it should be okay. Um, like I say, Tony's got it down for snowing at three, so you never know. We'll That's see what comes, and we'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, but he's probably looking at Newcastle and not Newark. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, hopefully we'll see you tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll, we'll prepare for it to be on and keep your fingers crossed. Brilliant. Thanks, Craig. Thank you. Thanks, bye-bye. And that was uh, Craig Roach. Cr- Craig Roach, Tony, very quickly, speaking very honestly there, I thought. Yeah. and, uh, and I didn't like to ask the questions, but no, why I mean, are we sitting here if we don't? If you spoke, the, the, the great thing about speaking to Roach is you will get an honest answer. Is 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 not one of these guys that that uh, you know sort of tries to dress it up better than it is. And uh, everybody at FlowServe appreciates we've been uh, we've been batting far above our, our weight this season. And, and, and t- Tony joins is 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 the same. Exactly, isn't it? exactly the same. Yeah, both of them. Are there. Now we need some. Now we need to talk to somebody who's, who's, who will sit on a fence. Well, I think the ideal person is probably Rob Wilder. Should have found yeah, him. Exactly. Okay, let's, yeah. let's get hold of Rob. Let's get hold of. Um, <laughs> let's get hold of Rob Wilder. You are listening. It could, could be anything else that you're listening to here, could it? Radio New York Sport, and we are live on FM. We are live on DAB, and we are online around the world. All thanks to our friends 
at Smith's Timber, who have been supporting this show, would you believe, for five years now. Um, and without them, we couldn't possibly bring you this professional outfit that we call Radio Newark Sport. And of course, as I keep on mentioning, we're now on something that confuses me every week called Instagram. But already nearly 200 of you are following us and uh, we really do appreciate that and we keep sticking some photos on there and uh, you seem to like them so um we'll keep uh, we'll keep doing that let's get back to the phone lines the one and only the voice of rugby mr rob wardman rob good evening evening mick evening folks i enjoyed saturday afternoon i think i wasn't quite involved in everything <laughs> but as we all know the story is that um the Trent decided to grow sideways and uh, and golf Newark's um, Newark Rugby Club um, Newark Rugby Club be, being the professional outfit that they are didn't put the white flag up no they rang the Magnus they got the game on at the Magnus as soon as they realised that the water was going down sufficiently at, in the car park to get cars in theirs they put the pre-match meal back, uh, back on they even organised a double-decker bus to take the guests from Kellam Road to the Magnus and back again. And the sight of dignitaries like Sir Alan Swain, <laughs> Sir Richard Staniforth, on a double-decker bus had to be seen to be believed. But uh, that was the sort of afternoon it was, Rob. It was a good afternoon, wasn't it? It was a very good afternoon, and uh, it was a... I was on the upper decker. I, I uh, was four of us on the upper deck. Uh, me, uh, John Gelsthorpe, uh, and Budder's mum, who had come across from Holland, Aloishi Wakalivu, his mum, who was, lived in Holland, she was a guest of the president on Saturday, with uh, Budder's missus, and they all got a good chicken lunch, and they, we all had a very jolly time on the top deck, looking at the sights of Newark, and while the rowdies were downstairs, and I won't <laughs> name any of the rowdies, but... Alan Swain for Alan one. Alan Swain yeah. is a, a league candidate. <laughs> yes. Did he sit at the front? Of, on, I don't on know. He, just, he was just very loud. No, no, no. no but did, 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 did the foursome sit at the front oh, on the did, top yes. deck? Oh, absolutely. Because you cannot, you cannot beat sitting at the front on the top deck of yes, a double-decker. Yeah, when was the last time he was on the top deck of a double-decker, Rob? Last time? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, let's talk rugby. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the first Newark, first... I'm sorry it being pointed out to me that, 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 that the seconds have played on there. Yeah, I know that. But it was the first time the senior team yes, the have played team. on there for... Yeah. We worked out about 90 years. And, of course, it is actually the home of Newark Rugby Club. It was where we were founded all those years ago by... Um Mr. Ringrose, a good doctor, and Reverend Gorse, and one or two other great characters. Um, I think we, the, 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 a long, long time ago, well, not past 40 years ago, the first team used to play the uh, Magnus First 15 in, a, in an annual game. So I, 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 I presume uh, we must have played on the, um, on the ground perhaps in the last 30, 40 years, but... Um, I'll say competitive match then. Yeah, no, it's the first time we're taking a league game. That I mean, we made a bit of a fuss about it, and we hey, and uh, I think it was a good afternoon. We got the game out of the way. We didn't want to sort of start backing up fixtures. Uh, if we had, if we had, if we had if we'd postponed Saturday because we, we couldn't get a game, we would have been playing Easter Saturday, which is not ideal. And then if you can't play Easter Saturday, you're, in, you're almost into May. So we wanted to get the game out of the way, keep momentum going, and I think it paid off. And it's, it's, a, it's a decent ground in the Magnus. It's good to get back there we, we want to support rugby in the schools in newark and uh, it fitted everybody and it, it was a i thought it was a very windswept afternoon we won 33 5 and we, i thought we it was a pretty solid performance all all round and uh, i think perhaps the most pleasing aspect was perhaps in the second half when loughborough uh, had a good spell of pressure and we defended we defended pretty hard we, pretty well and uh, we kept them out um which we started well in the first half. Alex Scott, who was, who was in at fly half on Saturday, um, he scooted away for the first try. Um, we got another through Will Ellison, who's, who's one of our improving forwards, very consistent uh, lock, and he, he's doing very well with, uh, in the lock partnership with George Woodman. As long as they throw the ball to the front, um, if, if you can tell them next time, Mick, <laughs> let's, let's, let's not try any windy long throws on a windy day. But, hey, you know, who am I? And... Um, Number try just before half time. Sean Denning, our new our new player from West Bridgeford, he, he 
charged over. He's, he's got a good burst of pace and strength, and has certainly added something to our pack and general play. Uh, so that put us well ahead at half time. I can't tell you the score because obviously my note made, my note taking on Saturday was not up to the top standard. Um, a very social afternoon. <laughs> and, um, in the second half, um, I, I, I was away tending to a little mini crisis because one of our members at his wife had had his, her purse pinched uh, in town, so there was a little bit of a domestic crisis which I, we had to attend to. But Toby Taylor, everyone scored a very good try, um, very good um, all-round sustained attack, and, and Toby, who's been playing centre and wing, I think he's also had a chance at fullback as well, he dashed over. Uh, then we had the Loughborough pressure, kept them out, and we had a little bit of luck at the end. Uh, right at the end, Sam Dobson, who come on that substitute, um, in the backs, he he, he grabbed a, a Loughborough loose ball right on just in in our 22 and um, proceeded to run down the other end and score our fifth try. So a, a good afternoon, 33-5. Alex O'Dell kicked four conversions, and then a ride back in the double decker bus. Well, uh, I didn't go back on the bus. I had to because I was sort of pitch. I was post monitor. Uh, we collected the corner flags, and by that stage, Mr. Swain had uh, ordered the bus to to go back to the clubhouse. So I. A, a, a very kindly uh, chairman of rugby Tim Barker gave me a, a lift back in a very very posh car yeah. <laughs> that, that was more like it that was more like yeah. it um, but a, a good a, yeah a good and an excellent afternoon just, just as an aside do Loughborough have an, any say in the fact that you took it to the Magnus or um, it's your own match do you decide where it's played we notified them and because they had ducks on their pitch they were quite happy to play <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, again <laughs> uh, you, you always say I sit on the fence, sit on the wall. I just thought oh, last week we made the effort to get the game out of the way. Uh, we notified the league secretary, didn't get a reply. And then you, you look at the results over the weekend, and there's one or two clubs who certainly haven't gone looking for a pitch. You know, Long Eaton, they must have known their pitch is out of action. It's right by the Trent, it's right by the. Um, I think it's on a floodplain, very much like our pitch. They postponed, you know, come on, boys, you, you've known a, seven days out yeah. that it was highly likely that your pitch is going to be out of action. I think some of the clubs who've postponed at the weekend should really be taken out and... Um, <laughs> Whipped. Well, I, let's leave it there. There should, you know, there, there should be a bit more power. You know, the league should be a bit more... Just yeah. bear a few more teeth and say, look, come on, boys, let's get these... Yeah, let's make an effort, because you're going to have to play them so sooner or later. Exactly, so... Um, uh, you know, Long Eaton are about, are about 500 yards away from the most beautiful pitches in the country at Trent College, so, hey. Yeah, it shouldn't be difficult. Where are you on... Where are you on... Other clubs, we're very lucky at Newark, our clubhouse, um, Touchwood, unless there's the climate change, you know. If, if Newark... Oh, all I can say is Newark, if Newark Rugby Club's clubhouse gets flooded, we're all goners, OK? <laughs> it's built so high and still snow that if, you know, the water got in our clubhouse, it, it is the end of the world. But, um, you know... I know Long Eaton and other clubs <laughs> don't have, you know, their clubhouses are more at ground level, so, hey, yes, clubs who've been, who've been wiped out um, and, and having to, um, you know, salvage their bar, then, yeah, I've got every sympathy for them, so perhaps I was a bit over the top in my comments there. I'm sure you're not. Uh, this Saturday? Sorry? This Saturday? 2.15 at Market Raisin. 2.15 Market Raisin? You like Market Raisin, I don't do, you? yes, and I hope there's plenty of carrots and some nice savouries here. <laughs> Uh, a few weeks ago, um, when I said, "Right, tell me about the um, home championships," then who's gonna, who's the dark horses, who's who's gonna win? You said, "Watch out for France." I know. My only disappointment is that I didn't have a fiver when there was seven to one. Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't put my money where my mouth was. Because no. they have got it now to lose, haven't they, big time? They have, and they're playing very well. And it was a good old tough game against Wales. I think they were the better team. They took their chances. Wales. It was, a, it was a good old game was that uh, some good rugby some good tough rugby I mean the England Ireland games yesterday was that the, you know, I thought the first half England played you know, exceptionally well and really took the game to the Irish and surprised them and then you know, the England's kicking tactics um, absolutely spot on and there was a lot of uh, barroom pundits on Saturday at Newark who were saying that Eddie had picked the wrong team and players out of position but uh, we've got a trust we've got a trust in Eddie and he, he got it right on Sunday Good stuff. Um, and uh, are France going to whitewash them? Um, they, you can't... Well, 
yes, I think you can't see Scotland beating them, although they've got to play at Murrayfield. And then they've got Ireland in Paris. Um, and in Paris, they are normally a different side to what so, they are. Yeah. You know, looking at Ireland, certainly have the ability, but um, he would have thought if, Ireland, if France are going for a Grand Slam in the last game, then uh, um, they're going to have a good chance in Paris. Going back to, to Newark, Rob, some of the youngsters did did manage to get a game in on Sunday out those out and about scattered all over I the place. The under 14s beat Lutterworth 24 15. You may well know more, Michael, you normally do. <laughs> I don't. You are you are our rugby guru, you know that. Rob, we'll catch up with you again. Oh, one quick one. Yeah, you have a you, you try a quick one, yeah, go on. Yeah, Newark Rugby Club have announced when their bonfire night's going to be. Yes. Saturday April the 4th, from memory. Hang on, I've got a piece it of It is April the 4th, Saturday, you're right. April the 4th. Yeah. Gates open 6.30, fireworks from 8.30, £15 per car, £5 walk-ups, yeah. It's in, it's um, firework extravaganza, it's to, obviously we lost, we tried to stage a bonfire twice in November and the Trent intervened, so they've, they've, we've got now going for the first Saturday in April, um, clocks have gone back by then, so come and enjoy a stunning firework display. That's what the flyer says. You've got to wait until it gets dark. Well, that's why the, the, that's why the fireworks from eight thirty. Yeah, <laughs> midnight okay, fireworks. So we, we, you know, don't you? You know, we've got the timings right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if it if it's New York Rugby Club that's organised it, I'm absolutely sure you have. Right. If you can organise a double decker bus, you can organise <laughs> so the fireworks display. David Duddles and Ian Gilchrist, they put it all together. So, uh, you know, top marks to them. Brilliant. Thanks, Rob. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs> And I thought my receptionist was doing so well and he's failed. He's fallen at the last fence, as our Mr Smith. Um, but we have got Mr Halfpenny because he was obviously listening to us and he's rang us. So, Paul, uh, a very warm welcome. Um, let's talk hockey. And I am told by my spies a very, very good performance by the ladies' ones, but uh, unfortunately no points. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was a 4-1 four, four defeat at home to um, Loughborough students before Christmas um, I don't know they just seem to have a phobia of playing students or did have but we've um, we're a lot more confident um, since Christmas we're playing well as a team and uh, we knew that we, we had to win on Saturday um, I feel that we've got a very good team out um, and the score at half time was nil-nil a very even game we'd had chances they'd had chances I probably think that we'd had the better chances. Um, so yeah, all to play for second half. Sadly, I don't know quite what happened, but um, we, we dropped a guard and they they put two goals in within the first ten minutes of the restart. Um, uh, really, sort of not not just for six, to be honest with you. Um, but there's a certain girl that we've got playing at the moment that we were told um, many many years ago, and I totally agree with it when she was about 10 years old, that she's going to be better than a sister. And her sister was brilliant, and that's Rosie Staniford. And she now doesn't seem to need a line anymore. She doesn't need to play on the wing. And so I put her at centre-half, and, you know, they'd only just scored their second goal when she picked the ball up on her own 23, went the length of the field and screamed it past the keeper, 2-1. What a performance she's having at the moment. It's a real purple patch. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video, but uh, our next goal was a penalty corner, and it was sweet. It was an absolute view. It, it was it, 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 it was straight out of the Paul Halfpenny um, technical manual. It is. It, is. it, it honestly yes. is. It's one that I've done right from, from the early days of coaching, and I couldn't have actually had it any better. It was so sweet and beautifully executed. 2-2, two, two, I thought, right, we can nick this. I'm sort of happy with the point, but we need all three. And they went down sort of probably about just over five minutes before the end of the game. Won a penalty corner. And would you believe it? They struck this ball. It hit Rachel Rachel Vickers' foot, deflected. Of course, goalkeeper George had already committed to go to a left. And the ball flew in the opposite side of the goal. Um, so sad, so unhappy. Um, really deflated about losing when really we could have taken three points there but you know when you look at the team that I was given at the beginning of the season the circumstances behind it these girls are amazing they're absolutely amazing they, they've, they've really grown as a unit they're playing some very very good hockey 
there must be about four or five of these girls now that's hit a really steep learning curve and I couldn't be more proud of them excellent stuff um I, I was talking to Craig Roach um from no flow serve and, and, and they had a defeat in the top of the table game and he's already said he's looking at next season now of what he needs and where they uh, i know it's very difficult with yourselves because you haven't got a clue what division you're going to be in but are you are you have you already got one eye on the next campaign oh absolutely absolutely so really you come into coming in from from illness into a club that's that's sort of <laughs> disabled at the beginning of the season you think well where are we going to be next season so already you're sort of looking ahead and what players are coming through, what junior players we've got, could we get any senior players in. Um, I honestly feel that through the summer we may lose one player. Um, she's slightly no Maddie Kenny right, and goes from club to club. So I sort of half expected it, but we've got some real talent coming in. Um, young girl Zara made a debut on uh, on Saturday for the for the first team. She's been coming through the ranks. A father plays for the second team. He's an ex-first team player as well. And and she played really well. She didn't put a foot wrong. She worked hard. Um, and, and she'll be one for next year. Um, there's um, a couple more youngsters who've been playing really, really well in the second team. And we've got to bear in mind, a lot of these youngsters have come through the ranks far quicker than what we normally would have brought them through. They've been fast-tracked through because of circumstances. But mentally and physically, they, they've they've shown that they're up to up for it so um it's it's one of those where i'm i'm really very confident about next season i, I really feel i'm not with, without being defeatist looking at what's happening at national league and what teams are going to come drop into the midlands and looking at what's happening in the league above i, I don't think being fourth from bottom is going to save us i think we need to be where loughborough students the team that we played on saturday are um, to be safe I think we need to be fifth from bottom and <clears throat> that is going to be a tall order when Loughborough's still got to play Stavely and Ashbourne so you know we've both got to play the same teams I expect six points from the girls with that so what we have to do now is pretty much the impossible and beat Loughborough Town women's first team in uh, two weeks time and, and, and maybe um, maybe get a point or so off, off a Loughborough students who are sat pretty at the top of the league and I think that is a massive massive tall order um, so I'm sort of fearing the worst but, but really relishing the fact that next season will be entirely different and, and I just feel that if we can keep this group of girls together add in some real talent from, from uh, below with the youngsters coming through, some real raw pace and of course Rosie Staniford is just amazing this season so provided she puts hockey before studying uh, next season then um, I, I think we're going to be in for a cracking season next season. I'll have a word with a dad again for you you, you do that, yeah. Um, and the men got another three points in this quest to um, get promotion. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't really care what the margin is. I mean, both the men, men's first team and second team, uh, their, their, their score lines were 5-3. Were uh, one in the correct favour and one not in the correct in, in favour. But, um, yeah, they, they keep winning, and that's all they've got to do. Um, they beat my old team, Mansfield. Not had a good uh, couple of weeks, have they, Mansfield? Beaten by the, the men's twos last week, and then... Uh, <laughs> beaten by the men's ones this week but um you're not smiling are you not not at all no no no, no. There's, there's tears rolling down my face <laughs> um yeah it's it's just keep winning guys just keep winning you've got a bit of a cushion and you know i, I would love the men to go tier two um and that's what will happen if they've got one league they become tier two so um all to play for and i think to be honest even if they lose a couple of players through the summer um, I think there's enough quality now within the men's section to actually hold their own in the league. There's some pretty rubbish teams in that that league above. Obviously, when the league was rearranged, you know, people were thrown everywhere. And I said it'll take five years to settle down. So I, I think we'll be absolutely fine in the next league. But we've just got to keep winning. Excellent. What else have you got for us? Well, as I already spoke, we spoke about the men's uh, second team went down at Belper Meadows. They managed to get all the water off the pitch to play. Um, but um, you know that that game with, with not very long to go was three three. Sadly, a five three loss. So couldn't quite hang on to that. The men's uh, third team win again, so they're almost there. They can see the finish line now in promotion, which is great for the club. 
uh, but but sadly no no wins again for any of the other ladies so but they keep plugging away good stuff Paul we'll catch you again next week I look forward to it thank you so much thank you thanks bye-bye. Paul bye bye and that folks just leaves us time for a Tony Smith story yeah last week we spoke about um, the uh, sad death of Harry Gregg uh, leaving uh, Bobby Charlton as the only survivor of the Munich air crash. Uh, and on Saturday, once again on a flow server way trip, we passed Aston Villa's ground, Walsall's ground, and we passed a sign for Dudley. And um, Saturday was the 62nd anniversary of, of the death of Duncan Edwards, who um, hung on for two weeks, bless him, in hospital, and everybody was thinking, great, this wonder kid is getting better, and then he sadly died a couple of weeks after Munich. But if you go to Dudley, and I kind of wish I was driving because I would have loved to have called into the place. Nobody uh, else does. <laughs> but if I'd have gone have, down... Have, in, have you seen him drive? But if I'd have gone down in the car on my own, rather than on the bus, I would have gone early and stopped off at Dudley because I've always wanted to go to the church there because uh, Duncan Edwards is buried in the churchyard. And in the church itself, they've got a magnificent stained glass window uh, depicting Duncan Edwards. And uh, he and what happened at Munich is the entire reason that a generation supported Manchester United as their setting team, and many kids today followed their dads and their granddads accordingly. And um, I love football to bits in, in the modern day, but it's the uh, 75% of my love of sport is, is, is history, and um, that's a slice of history that nobody should ever forget. My dad was Man United. He, he, he loved his Man United, and every, every, everybody's dad loved Man United in them days. And I think that's because of what happened mm, mm. At, at Munich, and of course, so everybody else follows him. And Man United in them days what was it was an iconic ground, an iconic players' best law, Charlton styles. You know, all the it was an iconic sort of moment. It took Mister Ferguson twenty years to make everybody hate Manchester United, <laughs> but he's managed to achieve it. <laughs> Sad, sad, really. Very sad when you think of all what's gone, all what's gone before. But one of the things is, one of the great things is, and about Flowserve being in this Midland League is the likes of me and you have gone to some different football grounds in some different parts of the countries. We've met some nice people. We've met some complete. Oh, no, that's not the word. We've met, uh, met them. <laughs> we've met some complete people that we don't really want to meet again as well, haven't we? We mm, have sadly, but. Uh... You know, I mean, it takes all sorts in the world, and um, but I've enjoyed going to to what, Birmingham and see how they play their grassroots football. One of the loveliest trips that you and I had together was going to Starport Swifts, yes, and, and their magnificent clubhouse. And it really saddened me to find out that Starport Swifts clubhouse is now home to the River Seven. Yes, which is which was. Uh, I mean, know, I've had to rebuild it before, and I'm sure they'll rebuild mm. it again. But yes, it is. It is terribly sad because there was a lovely lovely bunch we of went there and we lost but it didn't feel like a defeat because the hospitality and the holiness of the place was so magnificent and we also got the ice by book of stout <laughs> and apparently they've got four little <laughs> yeah, apparently so yeah. <laughs> right you're not here you're not here tomorrow night so um uh gareth bagley is stepping into your into your rather big shoes um <laughs> and we're talking new calf marathon but it was also the um national cross country championships at Wollerton park and it was a 49th consecutive year that gareth has attended that event and he was actually tournament referee on saturday and you know that is one hell of an achievement yeah, yeah. well i mean he is uh, i mean quite rightly we call rob wildman uh mr rugby i think uh, gareth bagley um, is, is a worthy recipient of the title mr athletics I'm, I'm absolutely sure he is and on wednesday we're, we're talking about walking around fields with a stick and some little white balls as keith whitfield comes to visit us again we're also talking about our fab four see what they've been up to but uh, that's us that's it from us tonight ad crampton's off m with um, <laughs> ad crampton's on fm with his uh, 70s mix while over on dab of course it's the dulcet tones of mr andrew channing but from tony and from me it's time to say night. Radio News.